Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Join us now as we talk with Reverend Cody Freck, a hospital chaplain, about relating to people of all faiths or no faith at all who are going through cancer treatment. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Glad to be with you this week and glad to be with you, Percy. Listen, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Wayne. Thank you so much, buddy. Tell me more about your work working with the faith-based programs. Well, the faith-based program concept and idea in a clinical environment is the ability to be universal and still maintain your own sense of your core beliefs and your your core essence of your faith, but being able to transcend that to be all things to all people, as the Apostle Paul said. And so providing spiritual support uh, in a clinical environment, this is not a church, this is not one's local house of worship, how do we effectively connect with people and supporting them in their faith in a way that's user-friendly and effective to them? Sometimes I wonder if we uh, if we really give our hospital chaplains enough due. They they really work hard. They do a great service. You know, I, I will say this, Wayne. I remember when I first started out in, in hospital chaplaincy, and I was referred to as the Grim Reaper by people. Oh, no. And then by the faith community, I was referred to as not being perceived as a real pastor. Oh, boy. And so you're exactly right. I think many people fail to truly understand what the unique and uh, uh, unbelievable work that hospital chaplains provide every day under some pretty extreme circumstances of dealing with people through a, a lot of challenges that they're going through. Well, maybe we can help overcome that today as we talk with Cody Freck here in just a few moments on the program today. A good friend of yours, uh, you've got a scripture in mind for this program today. Yes, sir. Our spiritual nugget for today is Romans 10, verse 15. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Hospital chaplains bring good news in some pretty tough circumstances. We're going to hear from a very good chaplain today. Yeah, you recently, uh, as you often do, visited uh, one of the cancer treatment centers. Uh, it, this one is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that's where Cody serves. That's correct. One of the five facilities that are throughout the United States, and he is serving that community very well. All right, so we'll take you to that uh, conversation with Cody coming up in just a moment on today's program, but I hope you will take time now or very soon to go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for additional resources there. Look for this program, which is archived right there online, healthhopeandinspiration.com. We'll continue in a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, Consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Call 855-929-HOPE to speak to an oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Call 855-929-HOPE to learn more. 
Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. Welcome back to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae. My name is Wayne Shepherd, and remember, for the topics we discuss on this program, no case is typical. You should not expect to experience these same results. Here's Percy with today's guest. Well, I am simply thrilled and excited today to have a, a comrade, a colleague, and a constituent, Reverend Cody Freck, who is a chaplain at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And of course, that's my background as well. And uh, today we're going to talk about the role of spiritual care and pastoral care within a clinical environment. And so we're just thrilled to have Reverend Cody Freck with us today. Hey, how you doing, Cody? I'm doing great, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me. Well, good, man. You look fantastic, and we're excited to have you with us. We're going to talk today about spiritual care in a clinical environment. How about that? It sounds great to me. With that being said, um, obviously we are currently in an environment that really now is embracing the idea of spirituality mm-hmm. in, in our landscape on many different levels. Uh, you know, the, the idea of meditation, uh, all sorts of, uh, kind of spiritual ideas and practices have become really vogue in, in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. But within the world of medicine and science, uh, historically there, there's been chaplains that have been part of that experience. Uh, I want to hear from you uh, about, number one, what exactly is it that you do as a chaplain talking to patients and caregivers? Help us to understand that a little bit. As a chaplain, my role is to really be present with people, um, to be that extra support system. So what I do is when I go meet with a patient or a family, I definitely take time to make sure that I sit down and I take some time with them if that's something they would like. You know, it's always up to the patient whether or not they want a chaplain. And that's really important to understand before we go any further is that, that, that your engagement with patients around spiritual care is predicated upon their desire to have that as a support that they want. That's correct. Because our goal is not to make anybody uncomfortable or put something into their life that they really don't appreciate or feel the need for. Our goal is to make sure that we're just being a supportive presence for those who want that. Okay. So, you know, each visit is going to be a little different. When you go into one room, you definitely ask, you know, you induce yourself, say, this is what my role is. Would you like a visit? And a lot of times people say yes. Sometimes they say no. So, so that's that, how we get started. So let's talk about this. Sure. What, what about the patients who say no? How do you handle that? What do you do? What's your reaction? Um, my reaction is pretty much the same as just a yes. I, I don't get super excited or super upset about anything. I'm just like, okay, well, that's great. You know, If you would like to have a visit or somebody to be here, just let one of your nurses know. They'll give me a call. I'll come back for a visit. If you're okay, though, that's great. So you basically honor the, the request of the patient and let them basically dictate that experience. Exactly. Everything I do is patient-led, regardless whether we even have a visit or not. That's their choice. When we do have a visit, what we talk about is also their choice. I go where the patient wants to go, okay. and I don't go anywhere they don't want to go. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Because we, we need to respect, obviously, uh, people's thoughts and beliefs, of mm-hmm. whether we agree with those or embrace those or not. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really empowering the patient here. Most definitely. And that's a big thing throughout healthcare as a whole is to make sure that it's the patient's choice. They get to do what they want to do. And so we are just embracing that and trying to help support them best we can. Well, one of the things that that's very clear is that uh, I think that people in the marketplace of healthcare are looking for choices and options mm-hmm. and they're looking for the right to choose. And so it sounds like that, that you certainly do respect and honor that. That's, that's our goal. Well, let's talk a little bit about some specifics. First, when and how do you actually engage patients? How are you given access to patients? How does that take place? 
when you're in the hospital, really, if there's multiple chaplains, depending on how large the hospital is, you tend to divvy up areas a little bit. So I may have a certain floor assigned to me. And one of the ways I'll start off is I'll just actually go up and maybe talk to the nurses, say, is there anybody that could maybe benefit more from a visit today? Can I get a little assessment going? Because if you have 30, 40 people on a floor, you know, sometimes I'll go door to door, but the nurses will also know somebody's having a more difficult time, and okay. I may start there. And then depending on how that goes, just start going around checking on people. So initially, you're, you're, you're really working with other clinicians within the healthcare environment. So there's an integrative team approach there. Oh, most definitely. Chaplaincy is never done in a vacuum. We are constantly either interacting with nurses or doctors or you know nurse aides, really everybody. Okay. And not only do we provide you know pastoral care to the patients, but also families and even sometimes the staff. So we're re- constantly interacting, but also getting feedback from them where it would be a good place for us to work. So you've, you've been given some insight uh, of, of a need of a patient or, or caregiver for that matter. Mm-hmm. You, you engage that individual. Uh, how do you start that engagement? Is it an assessment? Is there a, a formal assessment that you do that gives you insight to who they are, their background? Well, yeah, sometimes actually you don't know anything about the patient. You might go in there and you get their name and that's all you know. So really I kind of follow a very informal assessment. Sometimes I call it the four F's. That's got facts, family, feelings, and faith. Okay. And as I move through the conversation, I get more of that information as we go. That way I'm learning about the patient but also providing the kind of care based on what I learned that would be most respectful to them as a person. So again, I want to go the fact, mm-hmm. family, Feelings and Feelings. faith. I love the the four Fs. That's a very powerful formula. You 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 engage. You 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 get some insights from the fours, the the basic fours there, and then you basically allow that visit to be tailored around those responses and actions at that point. Most Reactions. Definitely. Yes, sir. Yes. So give me an example of, of what a, I don't know if there's such a thing as a typical pastoral care visit, mm-hmm. but a, a a visit of how that may go and unfold. Give us an example. Sure. Well, when you know when I enter the room, I definitely again introduce myself. I say, you know, my name's Chaplain Cody. I'm just coming by to check on you. Would you like a visit today? And if they do, then usually I go in and I'll sit down and try to make it a comfortable space. You know, because they're inviting me really into their space, their home at that moment. It really is their personal space. Isn't it, it is. So I would definitely want to respect that. But then after that, I'll just kind of ask them, "How are things going for you? What's going on?" That's where I start getting the facts. You know, they'll kind of tell me why they're here, how okay. they're doing things. Okay. Then we can move into the families. Well, do you know they might be alone? Do you have anybody with you today? Sure. Family, friend. So I'm getting an idea what kind of support system they have. So they might have great support. They may have no support. So that depends on where the conversation goes from there. Okay. And then obviously their feelings and their faith. How are you feeling about things? And how's your faith is supporting you or not? You know, where are you at with that? Right. Do you ever uh, inquire of a patient? Uh, uh, do they have faith support back at home or do they have a pastor or a clergy person? Do you try to get some insight to any, any relationship that they may have back in their local community? We do. You know, if they definitely say that faith is something that's important to them, you know, usually ask, do you have support at home? Do you have a pastor who's able to visit you or would you like me to contact your pastor? Where are you at on that? And I always let them lead. I like to ask that question a lot. Where are you at on that? What would be good for you? Okay. And so, but yes, that's definitely an area we go to because we want to make sure that the people who provide the most care, which is usually their home pastor, the people they see all the time, sure. are given the opportunity to provide that care if that's what the patient wants. Okay. Let's talk about people who may not um, uh, embrace uh, a specific faith orientation that you are familiar with or mm-hmm. that you are comfortable with. How do you manage those conversations? Well, that's a great question because working in a healthcare environment, it's an interfaith environment. So 
I have to be able to provide care to everybody. I say have to. I'm able to, and I enjoy doing that. And you're willing to. I'm willing to. Oh, okay. most definitely, yeah. Because right. so, I think that's an important distinction. It, it is. I actually enjoy those visits where I'm meeting with somebody who is different than me because not only do I get to learn, but it kind of helps me be able to open myself up to other perspectives and be able to understand where somebody else is coming from. So for myself, I'm comfortable doing that. I know it can be challenging for some, but I actually enjoy just hearing their stories, how their faith supports them, even if I hold a different position. But ultimately, my goal as a chaplain is to make sure that their faith is being supported for them, even if it's not something I you know, hold myself. If you can, list three specific things that you believe spirituality, how it impacts people's care. Can sure. you list say three or four things? Yeah. You know, I think a big thing is just a sense of peace because, you know, when things are changing, whether you're getting good news or more challenging news, it can really throw you off. And so a lot of people find that their spirituality brings them a sense of peace and a sense of comfort. Okay. And so being able to help encourage that is good. I think another thing that's very important with spirituality is it gives them a connected community. Okay. So that's something that they came out of. And sometimes, again, that isolated part, they're not connected. Yeah. I can kind of be another connection form or help them reconnect. Right. So peace, peace community. Peace, yeah, community. And just I think also that presence idea is very important because of that isolation, not only connected with their community, but somebody who can actually be with them in the moment. Okay. And people have – I notice when I come into the room as a person of clergy – their interaction is different. The fact that somebody from that tradition stopped by really makes a difference, and that gives them someplace that's safe to open up to. So being able to be that presence there. And I think those are the top three things that okay. I can think of. So again, peace, mm-hmm. community, yes. and the sense of presence, presence of someone that is there to support them. Specifically in their faith perspective. Specifically yeah. in their faith perspective. Uh, Reverend, you, you mentioned to me that you also provide support to stakeholders or, or members of the staff. Talk to me a little bit about uh, how you do that and, and, and what the value is to those individuals who are actually taking care of patients. Yeah, that's something that's actually a large part of my role because being in the healthcare community, that's a difficult job. Whether you're a doctor or a nurse or even somebody who's cleaning the room, you interact with a lot of difficult situations, and that's stressful. And so I'm there to not only provide care for patients, but to be able to help staff process that as well, yes. be able to be a listening presence for them. And sometimes it's not even work-related. Sometimes, you know, we all have personal lives. We do. Sometimes that's something else that they need help in. So I'm there to provide care for really anybody in the hospital, staff, patient, family. And I think that's an important part of what I do. Well, you sound like you're a busy guy. You're talking to patients, you're talking to caregivers, and you're talking to staff as well. We continue to pray for your, your strength and your stamina as you support all persons. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I think at the end of the day, it sounds like to me that you really do understand and that you are completely engaged with the idea of providing good spiritual care and Mm -hmm. making sure that people know uh, that there is a peace that they can receive, that they're connected to a community, and that there is a presence of someone from the faith community that will be there for them. I thank you for the work that you do today. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I I enjoy it. I'm just glad to be able to do it. Thanks for stopping by. Continued success and uh, continue to go make a difference with the patients that you see. Take care. God bless. You too, sir. All right. Thank you, sir. Percy McRae with our guest today, Reverend Cody Freck there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Good people you know.
Tulsa, Oklahoma is salt of the earth people. There is no doubt about it. The heartland. Uh, I lived there for six and a half, seven years. And some of my best experiences uh, was there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Had a fantastic time there. And it was wonderful to kind of go inside the mind of a chaplain like Cody and just, uh, you know, find out how he approaches what he does. And he does it so well. Again, I think that the, the vocation of chaplaincy is a very misunderstood vocation by people. People are not really sure what chaplains do. And so to get some insight and side of his thought process and his application uh, is crucial because, again, I think people just think that chaplains just walk around and give last rites and they just throw out a scripture here and there and, you know, I think uh, hug babies and shake hands at the end of the day. Uh, chaplains work very hard and I can attest yeah. to that. Yeah, we sure appreciate them. Okay, we'll talk more about that conversation just now with Cody coming up yet today on this program called Health, Hope and Inspiration with Percy McCray. Our website is healthhopeandinspiration.com and Hopefully you'll go there soon and check out all the resources available. We'll be right back. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. Welcome back to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm smiling, Percy, because uh, as I was listening to your conversation with Cody Freck today, I was thinking of that verse of scripture you read, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Absolutely. Romans 10, 15. And how can anyone preach or declare or vocalize anything unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We're going to talk about the role of chaplains, and they are there bringing good news in the midst of, in many cases, difficult circumstances. So when you hear the footsteps of the chaplain come in the room, how beautiful, huh? It is a beautiful <laughs> thing. It's a beautiful vocation, and it's a beautiful opportunity. Can we talk more about your conversation with Cody just now and the things we learned from him? Well, again, this was, a, I think, a fantastic conversation. And again, many people do not necessarily have a lot of insight about what chaplains do. I think many people view chaplaincy as a very generic form of ministry, a very watered down type of ministry. I, I remember having people tell me that if you're not standing in a church and before, you know, an audience of people, you know, you're really not in the ministry per se. And I remember that hurting my feelings. I, I will remember it as long as I live. And then I had the opportunity of a pastor who I knew whose member was at our facility and, and eventually that patient passed away. And I remember him saying to me, Wayne, as he walked out of the door, I don't know how you do this every day. Oh. And I reminded him, I said, remember, you know, uh, I'm not a real pastor. You are. <laughs> True. But, but, yeah. but there is tremendous yeah. ministry that is taking place in at the bedside of healthcare 
hospitals every day. I want to amplify something that uh, Cody and you talked about. Uh, he talked about, you know, in a hospital, you have people of all faiths and people of no faith, frankly. Uh, and and you still uh, minister to them. Absolutely. We have an obligation to provide support to whomever walks through the front door. And that is certainly the commitment uh, that takes place. And that's a, a unique dynamic to ministry that for some they struggle with. Uh, for me personally, if I could speak to this, it was a challenge at the end of the day to really be able to expand myself uh, beyond the borders and the confines of my belief system that I adhere to and that I hold near and dear to my heart. I have a very strong core conviction of what I believe, why I believe it. But did I have the ability to universally reach people wherever they were versus only where I was located? Right. You're not going to change. You're, you're seeking to understand them. That's that's the whole point of it. And we heard Reverend Cody make the comment that one of the upsides for him in meeting others of other different faith persuasions was that it helped him to be able to open up to other people, not necessarily of what he believed, but to be able to locate himself where they were located. Yeah. And is that and was that not the case of Jesus, that he he met people where they were? Seek to understand. Absolutely. And I think that that's the unique talent and aptitude of being a chaplain, that many people simply do not have the dis- disposition to to effectively execute. Here's what I learned. I had not thought in terms of a hospital chaplain ministering to the staff of the hospital in the past. He opened my eyes on that. Well, let's talk about that because who are on the who's on the front line every day in the trenches with patients, their nurses, their clinicians, and I can tell you again over 20 years how many conversations I've had with nurses doctors behind closed doors who were having a tough day. They have emotions, too. Oh, and again, not that they were breaking down over the fact of of their work, but again, they're humans and they were struggling with also looking at what else could I do or what else could I have done? And I've had tremendous, wonderful uh, clinical people say, listen, will you just pray with me today? Will you pray for the fact that I'm having some tough times going on with my family, with my wife, with my kids? And to be able to minister as well to the clinical staff in a very substantial way, is it was an added blessing to the process of being uh, a minister in a clinical environment, not just to the patients and to their caregivers, but to the people who care for them. You've been there, Percy. How can we encourage our hospital chaplains? Number one, not judge the fact that they're not necessarily preaching and teaching inside of a local church. Uh, it took me a while to overcome that quote unquote stigma uh, because, again, I came from a very conventional background of being a pastor in a church and a congregation. That was my desire. I actually did that for about 10 years uh, while I was working as a hospital chaplain and coming to terms with that. What I would say to anyone that is listening that is in chaplaincy or desiring to go into chaplaincy it was one of the most honorable vocations and probably one of the most needed uh, elements of ministry that many people do not understand within the confine of a clinical experience of meeting people where they are in their most dire hour and being able to support them. Because in many cases, patients will share things with a hospital chaplain that they won't share with their pastor. I see. Okay. Because they feel like they don't have to put on a good face or they don't have to kind of put up this facade and that they can open up a little bit more. And I've had patients share things with me that they had never told their pastor. So it's a very special bond and it's a very special relationship. Be encouraged to know today that you are making a difference in ways that many people are not aware of. And that's okay. God sees and he knows the work that you do and you will be 
rewarded in due time. Well, I learned a lot today, and I have to think our listeners learned a lot as well. One of the things that I want to highlight that, that Reverend Cody brought up was understanding the principle of the four F's that he uses to get to know and create relationship. And I think that we could all uh, – We can use these, We yes. can implement this in, in, our, in our daily lives wherever we are, and that is understanding the facts of who you're talking to. Try to understand, in some cases, the family dynamics of that individual. Then begin to try to understand their feelings. It doesn't matter about what you think or what you feel, their feelings, and then understand where their faith perspective or what their faith base is. The four Fs, if we could practice that everywhere we go, I think we can make a better impact on people. Absolutely. That's Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, our host here on this radio program, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Hey, thanks for listening. Our time goes by so quickly. But for more, go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, or call Cancer Treatment Centers of America for cancer treatment options, 855-929-HOPE. Mention radio when you call, 855-929-4673. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Call 855-929-HOPE to speak to an oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. Or visit healthhopeandinspiration.com. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. To learn more, call 855-929-HOPE or visit healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, care that never quits.